1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
0: The ATP World Tour season is over and what a display of skill, physical endurance and mental strength it's been from the world number one Novak Djokovic. He went unbeaten at the ATP World Tour finals. We'll hear from him, Roger Federer, and try to work out who won our predictions competition. Here's a clue, it isn't me. All that coming up on the Tennis Podcast. Well hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast as another tennis season ends and another thrilling finale between two of the greatest players in the world the world number one Novak Djokovic beating Roger Federer arguably the greatest player of all time Catherine Whittaker and myself David Law are here to talk it through compare predictions because that's what we made last week to hear from both of the two players as they spoke in their post-match press conferences yesterday and it was breathless stuff again Catherine wasn't it I I was commentating on uh, BBC Radio 5 live uh, last night and and it was just all over the place that match, wasn't it? But both sets had had in common the fact that Federer took a great start in them and then couldn't sustain it. And credit to Novak Djokovic for that.
2: Yeah. Well, you were commentating, so it's quite literally breathless stuff for you. Um, yeah. I still, you know, I th- I thought when Federer served for the uh, for the second set last night, I thought, oh, we might we might still be here tom- tomorrow morning when we're recording the podcast. You know, this could go <laughs> on and on. Um, and then, just in the blink of an eye, I, I was sort of in shock for a while afterwards, and I'm sure Federer was, as well. Um, I can't give enough credit to to Djokovic for that, but I still can't really fathom fathom what went wrong there from two sets two set points up.
0: No, no, I, I, no, I know what you mean. It was um, it was a funny match in that regard. Um, no, I, I mean when I was uh, when I was watching the match, I, I, I was. I was thinking at times this is this is vintage Federer, this is Rolls Royce Federer. Certainly early on when he went three love up, and um, and he does have that ability. He sort of started as he finished against Andy Murray in the previous match, didn't he? Um, it was it was that good, um, and he was middling the ball, he was moving Djokovic around, and and you know I remember the night before I'd I tweeted that this guy is arguably the greatest player of all time but there is you know we do argue about it we do talk about it and and you know you you think of the the head-to-head he has against nadal you think of the the two calendar year grand slams that rod laver has has got that that federer hasn't got and so you know you can debate it and there's all the generational stuff but indoors has there ever been a better player than Roger Federer? Can we, can we even mount an argument? And, and, I, and I couldn't think of no, one. Not I, I mean, not I, for I me suppose the, the only other players that, that come into the conversation are Sampras and Becker for me, I think. But Djokovic took that on and beat the guy. I mean, and, and he, he's a pit bull, he just doesn't let go and, and he, he, he withstands disappointment just extraordinarily well.
2: Yes, and capitalise it. He can sense momentum change, can't he? And and just yeah, as you say, like like some kind of rabid animal, senses it and just digs his teeth in as hard as he can and uh, doesn't let his opponent go. I mean, Federer looked looked shell shocked, as I say, and um, and understandably so. But just as soon as as soon as Djokovic got that that whiplash of of momentum change, that that was it, wasn't it? It was just. It was over, and um, I, I feel for Federer um, because I think if he could have just, I, I would have backed him in a third. I have to say, um, rightly or wrongly, you would have, you, uh, you would have backed, um, Federer, would have in backed Federer in a third set. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's a that's a big call based on what?
2: Based well, at, at the point when he was serving for the second set, when everything was going swimmingly for him, I was backing him. I was backing him for a third because. Um, it just suddenly looked so natural, didn't it, in that second set. It was right, well, is on one of his favourite courts. He's playing, as Federer admitted, um, post-match, he played really, really well. He was happy with his level of play. And on that court, playing, playing pretty well, um, I would back him against anyone, basically, even the world number one.
0: I mean I I think you know against Murray he showed and and Murray made reference to this of of what a great front runner Roger Federer is and the way he raced away after having such a close first set and in fact being the inferior player for much of the first set against Murray Mm. once he'd got his nose in front he was extraordinarily relentless but for me uh, the one I don't think I would have backed Federer in a third set even with the momentum and, and the reason being that I, I think that that characterises the player that that he has become. Um, really, that that I still think his best level is better than anybody else. I think he can do things that that no other player can do. I just don't think he can do it that long in, in a spell, mm. and, and and so I think he, he you know he he can take the play away from anyone in the world still. Um, but uh, whether it's long enough to win him long matches against these. Well, particularly Djokovic, I think. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah, not sure. I do
2: see what you mean. I mean, there was a hint of that even in in sort of smaller scale. You know, there would be. Um, I remember midway through the second set, wasn't there? There was. He hit that um, forehand passing shot, sort of from behind him, um, to save to save a set point. Is that right? I think. I think I'm remembering right. Um, and, and it was absolutely sensational. The crowd were on their feet. It was undoubtedly, undoubtedly a, um, a sensational point. And then, and then the subsequent point, he sort of not shanked. Shanked would be letting him off the hook. Really, he hit the most bizarre backhand that landed about four feet wide of the tram line, and it just seemed, it just seemed like a different player to the one that had hit, that played the most marvelous point, the one before. Um, and and I
0: suppose it shows the margins that that that, that he's operating within, doesn't it? Uh,
2: yes, I guess so. Yes, particularly on that backhand, I suppose, I mean, which he does have a tendency to to shank every now and then, be- because I suppose with the one hander, um, exactly, it is such fine margins and the spin he puts on there. But still, I did find I I did sort of find myself thinking that doesn't quite look like Federer to me doing that. You know, it's letting your opponent off the hook, isn't it? After that sensational point, you've got to you've got to dig in even harder and and let them know that you can do that do that on any given point. Not yeah. Not gift them a a, a point at a very crucial point in the match. So I, I I do I do agree with you to some extent. I just thought on on that court. Federer, when he is playing his best, he looks so at home, doesn't he? He looks like he owns it. Um his first serve percentage dropped quite considerably. I think I think that was another factor. When his serve is when his serve is on, um on that court, it's um it's almost unplayable really. Um not for Novak Djokovic, though, the best returner in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean Novak, you know, he's just he is relentless and and once once he gets on top of uh, of a player and and gets the momentum he's so hard to beat and and i have huge respect for what he's become because if you think back to the way he used to—I don't know—he almost used to seem a bit flaky, even though he was one of the top three players in the world. He was often retiring with physical ailments. He was struggling with the heat, wasn't he? I mean, I think part of that is he's improved his physical condition to to a, to a great degree, which is which is a credit to him. And you know, he's always looked for different ways to keep up with these top. Two players, particularly in the world, he was always just behind Nadal and Federer, and 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 now he's got above them, and I, I think it's a great tes- testament to his perseverance and and his will to want to do it. And afterwards, he explained that he had even more motivation this time against Federer than usual.
1: I really didn't know how I will follow up after incredible 2011, uh, but I I believed that. Um, that I have to use the time where where I'm playing the best tennis of my life, and I'm, um, you know, winning Grand Slams and uh, finally realize what I need to do to to win the major tournament. So this was my time, my moment, and I needed to to step in and and really believe in my abilities. So throughout the whole season, uh, I've had lots of success and uh, had some disappointing losses at the big events and a couple of major finals, but you know all in all it was it was a fantastic year you know where uh, where i've um, you know uh, had to face a lot of difficulties off the court as well and uh, you know especially coming into this tournament and uh, you know having my father fighting his own fight you know for health and uh, gave me an extra strength uh, you know that uh, I wanted to play for him in a way and uh, that's one of the reasons i I really gave it all every match, especially tonight, and this was a you know title for him. Well, I
0: think that was a great, insightful quote there, wasn't it, really, Catherine? The fact that 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 he wanted to do it for his dad, you know, and and to, to be able to dedicate the victory to him. I think that I, I I didn't think about it throughout the week, to be honest with you, is it? because he didn't really want to talk about it too much as the week went along. But Djokovic is fiercely loyal to his family, and 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 he is the sort of player that. Uh, That really cares how they're doing at at all times and you know he raced back to Belgrade during the during the Paris tournament I mean he he said that his dad is still in intensive care albeit made having made significant uh, improvements with his health and 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 we hope that that continues but uh, yeah I mean you could see that in his performance he was inspired out there
2: yes and he's he's an emotional guy he does he does uh obviously get in, inspired for better or worse by um things other than what's going on on the court you know i suppose um the the davis cup victory could be testament to that as well couldn't it you know everything else that goes the the national pride and um and uh, patriotism and all, all of that all of that that's wrapped up with the davis cup that obviously had a considerable impact on him um and his mentality in that tournament and i think obviously his dad being ill is a is a very different situation, but it's you know it's that bulk and blood, isn't it? It's that inspiration and and emotion on the court which has a very positive impact um, on him and in, obviously inspires him to do better. Um, and uh, yeah, very, very impressive to uh, to block out the distractions. Here's the, the here's the big question.
0: Here's the big question, Catherine. H- which which was the better year for Novak Djokovic? 2011, when he won three Grand Slam titles and and won the first forty something matches of the year, um, or was it this year when Murray's made significant improvements and is, and obviously won his first Slam? When Federer's come back to form and won Wimbledon. You know which was the better year? Well,
2: I would say last year. I would say 2011. The the run he went on coming out. Of, I, I was not expecting that at the beginning of 2011 that Djokovic would come out and be hands down the most dominant player. And seeing him, I I know it it didn't happen at the French, but seeing him dismantle Nadal in so many consecutive but matches. But he backed even, it up, Catherine. Even on clay, he, he, he
0: backed it up. He. He, he, got to, he got to two Grand Slam finals, he won the third, he got to the semis of Wimbledon, his grandfather died, yeah. he had to put up with all Incredibly that, he's had his father impressive. in hospital, come on, it's unbelievable. Incredible,
2: impressive. But as we were saying last week, I don't think 2012 will be remembered for Novak Djokovic. I think, you know, when you remember oh, it in detail, he'll, he'll be there. Oh hang on David you were arguing this yourself last week that actually What after this the- tournament
0: that was before this tournament though wasn't it Catherine we've just had had him finish the year like this and if you remember he was on fumes last year he didn't even make the semi-finals what a what a final way to win this he's beat Andy Murray in the group stages in an amazing match it- he's now beaten Roger Federer in the final
2: incredible i don't want to take anything away from him it's incredible but for me the standout achievements for this year are 31-year-old Federer getting back to world number one, Murray winning his first slam, um, and uh, probably Federer winning the Olympics as well. And, of course, I would have Djokovic in there.
0: Federer winning the Olympics? Uh, sorry,
2: Federer winning at Wimbledon. Um, okay. Yeah. I Obviously, Djokovic's achievements would be in there. But for me, last year, in his dominance... Hold
0: on a minute. In the Australian Open, he beat Andy Murray in four hours, 54 minutes. He then backed it up with another five-hour match two days later. Yeah, incredible. Against Rafael Nadal. Absolutely
2: incredible. I'm not taking anything away from that. you put him
0: third? You put him third in the list?
2: Well, where would you put him then?
0: Well, come on. After this ATB World Tour finals, he's got to be higher than that, hasn't
2: he? The standout achievements of the year... I mean, this year, last, last year it was...
0: You're biased just because Andy Murray's won the US Open are I'm, and you're I'm British. not,
2: because for me, number one achievement of the year would be Federer at 31 getting back to world number one. I think that is, I was reflecting on that yesterday in particular, I think that is incredible.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Absolutely incredible. That would be the number one achievement for me.
1: Well, let's find out what Novak Djokovic thinks. I actually feel even more satisfied right now than I was this time of last year even though I had uh, an incredible 2011 I still feel that this year considering the the circumstances that I had to face with you know on and off the court and uh, you know also expectations and all these things and I believe that this this year has been even more successful for me
0: well there you go Catherine Novak's convinced 2012 was better than 2011 he knows
2: but that's for him how he feels about them. I mean, I'm just saying as an objective, well, maybe not that objective observer. Hang on a second, you're giving me a hard time. You haven't actually put your neck on the line and said what you think <laughs> the biggest achievement of this year has been.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I think it's a very, very good question. I really, I struggle to choose between them. I mean, Murray had the most impact on me, I think, mm. probably because... You know, we've been waiting for so long for him to win a Grand Slam title in Great Britain, and I'm biased. Um, but the guy's got about three or 4,000 points more than the other two. You know, his consistency is just unbelievable. and And I do think it makes a difference, the fact that he's ended the year. He's had a more complete season this time in that regard. You know, he's had a full season. But then I think in 2011, the guy won three Grand Slam mm. titles. Three. I mean... <laughs> You know, it's very difficult to choose. I'd say I I can understand why, particularly as he just won it. He'd obviously just come into the press conference, and he he was asked, and he had a huge smile Mm. on his face, and he's clearly very proud of himself. Listen, 2011 was one of the most spectacular tennis years I've ever seen. I think... Possibly the most amazing achievement from from a, an individual to go that long unbeaten against that level of opposition and to beat Nadal that many times yeah. um, and to win three slams. Yeah, you know, I, I can't really, I can't really think that, that that I've ever seen a better individual season than that. There's been a couple from Federer. There's been certainly one of Nadal. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I would just margin. I would, I would say that Novak had had a had a more impressive year last year, mm. um, but that this year was the best tennis year I've ever seen as a whole for 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 everybody. For, for, you know, yeah. four different Grand Slam winners. Yeah, all I, I would definitely
2: agree there. Definitely, this you know. year has been for for us mere observers. It's been even more of a treat than all of the wonderful years that have preceded it hasn't it it's been sensational
0: it has indeed um so Roger Federer is still going strong at the age of 31 and he was very satisfied despite losing in the final he was very very pleased with the way he played and throughout the week itself
3: um I reflect in a in a nice way I think it's been a, a fantastic season to be part of uh four different Grand Slam champs and then um, having the Olympics as well uh, was obviously um, very unique and um, I'm very happy I stayed injury-free throughout. That allowed me to basically play basically a full schedule almost and uh, I'm very pleased that uh, I was able to pick up my performance at the end of the season like I played now this week. So... Um, Obviously, gives me confidence for next year. I haven't really set clear goals yet for next year. I first have to make sure I I create my schedule so it makes sense for my um, for my practice schedule. Like I mentioned, I need to practice a whole lot more next year than because uh, this year I, I hardly did have an opportunity to. So I have to have some catching up to do in that standpoint. And then um, I'll see what's most important to me and the team and. Uh, and then uh, I'll go from there, and that probably will be decided in the next month or so. Considered as always, Roger
0: Federer, Catherine, isn't he? I, I'm always um, impressed, somewhat amused, somewhat amazed that he's, he's able to process a loss so quickly mm. afterwards and turn it around. I mean, the speech that he gave on court immediately after winning the, uh, or losing the final. I don't know how he gains that sort of composure, you know. And, and one thing he did say, right, in his little tribute to Novak Djokovic, he just said, You're the best. And yes, I thought, that Well, was that's amazing, classy. Wasn't it? That is just the definition of class, the way yeah. he handled himself. He remembers all the right people to thank, you know. He makes everybody in the stadium feel good. And um, And, well, he does that all the time anyway, doesn't he? But. I don't. I don't think the sport has ever had a statesman like him, uh, and and a no, sort of a, good word. A, a person who is is able to just rise above the disappointment of a loss because it hurts a lot of it. It's, it, it, it hurts mm. Federer as well, I'm sure, to 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 accept that, that 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 anybody can beat him at what he's best at. Especially um, when
2: sort of less than ten minutes earlier he was serving for the set. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did. Uh, yeah, it 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 looks it looks wrong, doesn't it, seeing Roger Federer with a runner's up plate. It looks totally incongruous and yet he handles it with such dignity um and such class. Um so yeah, very impressive. I, I I too picked up on him saying Novak you're the best. That was that was quite something for for him to say that. Um so unequivocally. Um very impressive from him.
0: Mm. Catherine, more importantly, uh, who, who won our predictions competition?
2: Well, do you know what this is a bit? This is a bit of a tricky one because I mean, from group stages onwards, none of us predicted a match correctly. Oh um, well, well done us, hey. I mean, I <laughs> I would like to uh, put a stake in there for getting some credit for predicting the semi finalists. However, I predicted the results of both those semi finals completely incorrectly
0: well let's go through this in chronological order who won the group stages
2: the group stages was one interestingly the group stages was won by you
0: was won by, two, by me
2: by two points so i win the whole and thing you, mm, but you didn't get the semi-finals i predicted the semi-final lineup i was correct that didn't up come to into a our later stage than you
0: the fact that we had a, we had a faulty point scoring system, which yeah. didn't allow for the semi-finals. But who
2: devised that point scoring system? Well, so, well, if we yes,
0: yeah, but but it was devised on the understanding that we both subscribed to it, and therefore yeah, the, the, it the, the competition is fe- effectively null and void after the group stages. Therefore, I win.
2: Oh, I'm feeling some hanging chads coming on here. This is this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Anyway, it is now on the record that I predicted the semi finalists. I've got that in there. You
0: did predict the exact lineup, didn't you? Um, Yeah. uh, With Del Potro against uh, Djokovic and um, Who cares?
2: Del Potro, Djokovic, Murray, Federer. Who cares that it wasn't a Del Potro Murray final as I predicted?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was a slight problem, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) In fact, you should be marked down for getting them so completely wrong in the semi results. Colin. Well, some um, who,
2: which of us predicted that Djokovic wouldn't even get out of his group?
0: Which of us predicted that David Ferrer would beat one well Martin Del Potro?
2: Yeah, th- I did feel foolish watching that. I, uh, watching it, I just, I, I knew from midway through the first set, I just thought, oh, he hasn't got a hope here. This just doesn't match up. I should have known... Yeah. I felt All right, so okay naive. Listen,
0: listen. Here, here, is the, uh, here is the deciding vote on, on what happens now. What we should do is, uh, is get your views uh, at Tennis Podcast. Tell us who you think won. Um, I will be honest about who won. Anybody who writes off Novak Djokovic and says that he won't reach the uh, even the semifinals of the tournament and then goes on to win the title really doesn't deserve to win anything.
2: But I think I Thomas Burditch owes you on for your continued faith in him in spite of all his disappointments
0: nice of me wasn't it yeah very
2: very charitable of you
0: yes absolutely i think he's still going to come good he's in the davis cup final isn't he this week so yeah uh, maybe he had
2: one eye on that i don't know
0: yeah well you know and he played well to be honest overall i thought he he got exactly
2: (laughs) he does play well he just doesn't you know fulfill his potential that's my argument
0: okay well, we shall see whether he will in the future. And we've still, <laughs> still got time. Davis Cup final, a Novak Djokovic-like launch pad for his career, perhaps. But uh, anyway, it was good fun doing the predictions. Um, and uh, do tell us how you got on with yours. You, you, a few of you sent them into At uh, Tennis Podcast on Twitter. And, uh, and we want to know how you got on. So, where does that leave us for uh, for next week? The Davis Cup final, Spain against the Czech Republic. Who's going to win?
2: Who's gonna win? Um, Only if go the Czech Republic. There okay. you
0: go. That's very, very, uh, very straightforward of you, isn't it? Well, um, I am going to go for Spain. So there's another prediction competition. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. And uh, so that's uh, the singles season done on the ATP World Tour. And what a season it has been! I- I'd say. I'd say the best season, as I mentioned, that I've ever seen. Uh, it isn't completely finished, though, in the tennis world because we still have the Statoil Masters Tennis to come on the ATB Champions Tour. That's an event that runs at the Royal Albert Hall from the 5th to the 9th of December. It features Ivan Lendl, John McEnroe, Goran Ivanisevic, Tim Henman, Pat Cash, Henri Leconte, Mats Velander. Mansour Barami, who wouldn't want to go and see him? Do see if you can still get a few tickets. The, there are some still available, I believe. I think the crowds are going to be fantastic, but if you get in there quickly, you might be able to to get some. I know the Order of Play was uh, released uh, a few days ago, Catherine, pitting Ivan Lendl against Mackinac on Friday night. I'm going to be courtside for that one.
2: I know what more could you want. I mean... I think they've only actually played once on the Champions Tour, haven't they? And it was in Paris, and we were both there. And it was tense, wasn't it? It It was, was, yeah. All the fire was still there.
0: And there was that moment, I I remember they played a really close first set, and then eventually Lendl hurt his back and had to pull out. And McEnroe, rather than <laughs> sort of, you know, underplay the fact that his opponent was, you know, and therefore think, oh, well, I, I won't celebrate he too He celebrated wildly. like
2: Novak Djokovic last night, I he? I know he did, <laughs> yeah. He,
0: he, 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 wait, he waited for the handshake, and he's like, what, so you're quitting? And Ivan went, yep. Yeah. And McEnroe threw his arms <laughs> into the air and did a bit of a lap of honour. It was
2: fantastic. It was brilliant, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> and Ivan wasn't best pleased, and now he wants revenge, so... uh we will, we will look forward to that. Um, they uh, they love to hate each other really and um, and, uh, and it's a, but I think they've grown to appreciate each other a little bit as well haven't they?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean they're never going to be you know buddies that go out for a beer together but as as fellow tennis players uh, high achieving tennis players they've they've come to a mutual understanding I think and, and respect um, yes but uh it, w- it i've absolutely no doubt in my mind that that will be um sizzling that much
0: yeah other matches i've seen uh we have Valandra against cash opening things up on the uh, the first wednesday the 5th of december we've got goran ivanizovic against tim henman the uh the repeat of the two thousand and one Wimbledon semi-final. That one is on Saturday night on the eighth of December. With the finals of the uh, Legends Group, the older group, and the uh, the ATP Champions Group as well, uh, will be on uh, Sunday. So do see if you can come along, and uh, and it'll be a cracking week's entertainment in the tennis world, and some mm-hmm. some great names that you remember. Uh, I think that's about it, isn't it, Catherine? Have we got anything else to discuss on the tennis podcast this week? Uh,
2: no, I think I think that is about it. I feel a bit teary-eyed that the season is over, barring the, oh, uh, the Davis well. Cup final.
0: We're not going to stop here yet, are we? Because we're going to no. build up to the uh, to the Stadol Masters Tennis. We've got interviews with John McEnroe and Mats Velander for you to enjoy. Some really fascinating stuff that Catherine has got from them both uh, on the tour over the last uh, few months. And, and I hope you enjoy those interviews with us. Um, we'll be building up to that. We'll also uh, be at that tournament so we can bring a, a real flavour of that tournament for you. I've had some good interviews this uh, week as well with... Sue Barker, the BBC presenter, who many people might forget, actually won a French Open title. She tells us all about that experience and and many others as well. I spoke to Mark Rosset last night. Uh, uh, Roger Federer's compatriot, who was one oh, of his early geez. early idols and, um, and Davis Cup partners and the man who beat Federer, in fact, at mm-hmm. two tournaments. So, um, you know, we've got lots of great things to come here on the Tennis Podcast. Thanks for joining us and thanks for, for supporting us all year and listening to the show. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it and uh, we'll speak to you soon. So that's it for Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer's season. As Novak said afterwards, he's off to somewhere very beautiful and tropical. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Us, we're staying in beautiful, tropical Great Britain to get ready for the Stator Masters Tennis. And we'll be back next week with more tennis chat and interviews right here on the Tennis Podcast.